0: Welcome to the Stonebridge Community Church online worship service. Today, you'll hear the word of God read, the message from this weekend's in-person service, and two songs to guide you in worship. Thanks for joining us today. So one thing I wanna point your attention to as we go through a worship service is this cross here. As you can see, we have the flowers on the cross, but for the last couple of months, it hasn't been flowers that have been there. It's been little pieces of paper that we've been putting on this cross Over the last few months, people have been writing down prayer requests, the names of people that they wanted to lift up to God. And then each week, we've been putting them on the cross here, laying them at Jesus' feet. And it serves as a symbol, not of God making everybody's lives perfect at this point, but a symbol of our hope that we have. That each one of those prayer requests eventually will be answered. That when Jesus returns, God will make this world right that through the cross and the resurrection, the world was redeemed and restored and recreated. That's the hope that we're proclaiming today with Easter. Each week we would come here and bring a situation of sadness, of grief, and bring it to Jesus. And we trust that God will answer those prayers when Jesus returns. So throughout this worship service, I just encourage you to reflect on the cross at different points and just be reminded of the hope that we have there. And this morning... I'll be reading from a scripture passage that talks about three people who bring their grief to Jesus. They show up to the tomb, and there's no way that they could expect what it is they saw there. So I'll be reading from Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8, and I invite you to hear the word of God. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you that we are able to gather here and to celebrate your resurrection. We thank you for the hope proclaimed to us through the gospel of your resurrection. We ask that you would deepen that hope now inside each and every one of us. We ask that through your scriptures, our faith in you, our faith in your ability to overcome death would be deepened. And Lord, we ask that you would speak to us now through your scriptures. Cast out the fear inside of us and replace it with hope. We thank you. It's in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. So I won't go into too many details here, but one thing that you should know is that what I just read there, that's the actual ending of the gospel of Mark. That's the original ending of the gospel, Mark. It ends with that line, for they were afraid. The women didn't say anything to anyone, for they were afraid. If you look at your Bible, you'll see that there's a shorter ending of Mark usually there and a longer ending of Mark. Those are endings that were added on later. The earliest copies of this gospel that we have, they end on that line, for they were afraid which is a little interesting to me. I don't think many of us associate fear and Easter. That's not the normal feeling that we connect with Easter. But Mark wanted to make sure that the reader connected those two. The other gospels don't seem comfortable with this. John has a beautiful scenes of Jesus with his disciples. There's one where he's with Peter on the beach. He restores Peter. It's beautiful. There's a sunset. It's like a Hallmark card. I'm sure there was like doves and dolphins around too. Probably not because it's the Sea of Galilee, but anyways, it's a beautiful scene. And Luke has the story of Jesus appearing to two disciples on the road to Emmaus. They wrap things up nicely with the resurrection appearances. But Mark leaves us with just this fear. For they were afraid. Now, before we go and start picking on Mary and Mary and Salome and saying they shouldn't have been afraid. I think we can all acknowledge that if you were there that day, you'd probably be a little bit afraid. I mean, think about what they're experiencing. They've just watched their teacher, their leader, their friend die on a cross. They watched the life go out of him. And they're showing up now to do burial rites because that wasn't done for him. And they walk up and this massive stone has been moved and they don't know how. They walk inside and his body is gone. And there's some rando who's they don't know who's telling them a message from Jesus, who's probably an angel, but are they sure? There's a lot going on here. So for them to leave afraid, it actually makes sense. I think that's a reasonable response to what it is they're experiencing there. And before we pick on them too much also, You should probably acknowledge in the gospel of Mark, Jesus's disciples are regularly afraid. Number of times where it's described to us that they are afraid. There's one time where they're in a boat, there's a storm. Jesus displays his power over the storm and his disciples are afraid. And then the same scene pretty much happens again, a little bit different, but they're afraid again. And then there's a story where Jesus takes his three disciples up to a mountain. And in front of them, he's transformed. His clothing becomes dazzling white, more brilliant than anything you can imagine. And then all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah are there talking to Jesus. Prophets who have been dead for hundreds of years. They're there talking to Jesus and his disciples are afraid. And of course they're afraid. I'd be afraid if zombie prophets were talking to Jesus also when I were there. So of course they're afraid. And then there's another time that Jesus tells them he's going to be crucified. He's going to be executed, and they become afraid. And then they go to Jerusalem, and they begin this journey to where Jesus is going to go to the cross, and his disciples are afraid. So this time with Mary, Mary, and Salome, this is actually the sixth time that his followers are described as being afraid. There's something about following Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. He's powerful. They know he's powerful, but they don't always know what he's up to. They're uncertain about it. And that morning, that first Easter, would be the same. They show up, they see these acts, but they're just getting a glimpse of what is going on, and they leave afraid. That's what Mark wants us to walk away with from this passage. Which is also interesting to me, because if you look just numerically at the commandments in the Bible, the commandment, do not be afraid, fear not, do not fear, that's the one that shows up the most. Over and over again we're reminded, do not fear, do not fear. But Mark wants us to understand that there was fear there at Easter. I think that commandment do not fear, it is a commandment, but even more than that it's an invitation to let go of fear. And it's also a reminder and a recognition that as human beings we fear. Fear is very common to the experience of being a human being. We all experience it from time to time. Sometimes our fears are reasonable. There's things in this world that are worthy of fearing. Other times, fears we have have been manufactured through news media, through different sources. We're taught to fear things that we actually don't need to be afraid of. And we spend our lives feeling these fears, trying to figure out what's reasonable, what's not. And sometimes the fear can take over. Sometimes the fears we experience end up guiding our actions. They end up dictating how we act. And even if you follow Jesus, even if you have hope in the resurrection, you still feel fear from time to time. We all do as human beings. So there that day on that first Easter, they left afraid at what they had seen. And the women were told, told nobody, for they were afraid. The thing with that ending, though, there's some irony to it. There has to be some irony to it for a couple of reasons. And when I say irony, I mean it in two different senses. In one sense, irony is when the literal meaning of the words is the opposite of the actual meaning of the words. And I think that's one thing we have going on here. And in another, another sense, irony in a dramatic sense is when characters in a story, they don't understand the importance or the significance of their own actions. And I think that's happening here intentionally. The other Gospels want to leave you with a nice ending with a bow on it. Mark wants to leave you a little unsettled with this ironic ending. And I say it's ironic for... Two different reasons, at least. One is that the women leave there afraid, and yet the antidote to fear was right there in front of them. They leave afraid of what they've seen, but what they saw is the antidote to fear. If you're crippled by fear, if fear is overwhelming, if it's grabbing your life, having a hope in the resurrection, to me, is the best thing to assuage that fear, to calm that fear. And that morning, they got the first glimpse of Jesus's resurrection. The resurrection is that belief that's been proclaimed for thousands of years now. That Jesus was raised from the dead. That though he died, though he went to the cross, days later he was raised from the dead. And because of that, we have hope that we will be raised as well. That death has been overcome. That on that day at Easter, a victory over death was accomplished. And the gospels invite you into that hope. That's resurrection. That's what I mean when I'm referring to it. And it's been said that most fears at the core are really a fear of death. That there's some sort of fear of death, of permanent loss, of a permanent goodbye that drives all of our other fears. So having that hope in the resurrection, it can serve to dilute your fears. It can serve to help your fears not be as intense. So they left with fear, even though the antidote to fear was right there in front of them. They had just witnessed death itself being conquered, but they left afraid. So there's a bit of irony there that I think Mark is very aware of. But the thing with resurrection is none of us really understands it. I stand up here and proclaim it week after week, but I can't explain it to you. I can't tell you the mechanism by which God raised Jesus from the dead. I can't tell you why that was the way it had to happen. I can't tell you why God chose this method to redeem and restore and recreate the world. There's so much to the resurrection that we don't understand. And that day with Mary, Mary, and Salome, as they left, they obviously did not understand what they had seen. All they saw was a small little glimpse of it. They saw the empty tomb. They didn't understand it fully. And none of us actually understands it fully. So if you have moments where fear is creeping in, it's understandable. It's actually part of life following Jesus. It's going to happen from time to time. But then this is the second reason, I think, that there's some irony here. The second reason is that we're told the women went away afraid and they didn't say anything to anyone. And yet, the very fact that we have this story that's been passed down to us for thousands of years now means that isn't actually what happened in the end. The very fact that the gospel of Mark exists and that this story is here at the end of it means Mary, Mary, and Salome at some point told people what they had seen. They passed along this news. They passed along what they had seen. At some point, the fear was cast out, and it was replaced with excitement and hope. The existence of even this line about them being afraid is proof that they did tell someone eventually what happened. The fear was cast out from them. The fear didn't wind. In the end, Instead, a hope in the resurrection is what wins in the end. So how did they get there, though, from the fear to telling the story, from not telling anyone anything to sharing the news that they'd heard? I don't know exactly, but I think some of it has to do with the message they were given, and with how they eventually would respond. One writer, he writes, we do not entirely understand what resurrection means, but if we have understood the story of the gospel of Mark, we should be holding fast to what we do know, that Jesus still goes before us, summoning us to the way of the cross. Again, we don't all understand resurrection, but in that moment, Mary, Mary, and Salome, they were given instructions from this angel, to go and to tell the disciples to go to Galilee because Jesus would be there waiting, just as he said. And we know from the other gospels, the disciples eventually went to Galilee. This message was conveyed to them. Mary, Mary, and Salome, they did pass it along. And when the disciples showed up, they saw Jesus there. They were told, Go to Galilee, and they went. I think one thing that can help any of us if you're experiencing fears, just do the things Jesus asks you to do. It's really simple. Just do the things that Jesus asks you to do. In this moment, Mary, Mary, and Salome, they were given a task to tell the disciples this message so that this news of hope and resurrection could spread. We know they did it eventually. And Jesus gives each of us instructions as well. Gives us guidance as well. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Serve the people that God brings into your life. Spread the news of hope and resurrection that we have. And the more you do what Jesus says, I think the more fears begin to diminish, the deeper your hope in the resurrection becomes. There's something about sharing this news of hope, this news of resurrection It doesn't get rid of fears entirely, but it diminishes them. It instills the resurrection inside of you. It helps you embrace it, and your fears begin to just be a little less potent, a little less powerful over you. They were told to go to Galilee, and they did that. I think that's the message Mark wants each of us to walk away with here. You are told to go to Galilee not literally, well, maybe literally, I don't know, but I'm not saying literally right now. I've never been to Galilee. I hear it's a great place. Has anyone been there? Anyone? Well, Google it. It's beautiful. I'm speaking metaphorically though. Go to Galilee. Go to the places where the news of hope and resurrection needs to be spread. Find the people in your life who don't have hope and share this news with them in the ways Jesus calls you to. And know that wherever Jesus calls you and to whomever Jesus calls you, he is there waiting already. Jesus will meet you there the same way he met the disciples there in Galilee all those years ago. Jesus is at work throughout this world, restoring it, recreating it. That's the promise of the resurrection. That's what we celebrate and proclaim today. And Jesus will call you to go to Galilee, to go to different places. And he's there waiting for you to work alongside you, to support you, to spread this news of hope with you. The more we do what Jesus says, the less of a stranglehold fear has on our lives. The less captured by fear we actually are. So on this Easter, celebrate the resurrection. Spread the news of the resurrection. Let other people know who Jesus is, what God did in Jesus, the victory over death. Let them know there is no more reason for fear. Spread that news to this world. That hope might spread and that fear might diminish. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for the news of your resurrection. We thank you for the hope that we have in it. And we ask that you would deepen our hope in it, Lord. And help us to spread that hope both so that our own fears can be calmed and so that hope would spread throughout this world and fear would be pushed out. Help us to follow you, to do the things you ask us to do. Help us to be your followers and help us to let go of our fears and help others to do so as well, Lord. We thank you for the promise of your resurrection. We thank you. It's in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit we pray. Amen.